It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch Flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast This is episode 258 Unlike someone said in the previous episode that it was 258 Screw that guy, right? But uh, this is episode two, 258, uh, and we're doing winners and losers of week 12 in the NFL. Excuse the lack of enthusiasm and energy today. Your boy's not feeling too good. Kind of hit me like a truck a few hours ago, but you know we still had to come on here and talk about some winners and losers like we do every week, except last week because we were out of town. But we're back, and we, we got to do it this week. I'm very excited. Uh, unlike the energy that I'm portraying right now, don't don't underestimate the the arguments and the and the topics that we're gonna have on the losers side this week. But um, really good week of football. Um, if you're not a Cowboys fan, and uh, yeah, yeah, people, people, I hope you're doing all right. Let's talk about some winners. First winner of the week this time around is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco, what a run they're going on. Four out of the last five have ended up with a W, and that includes a 34-26 win over the Minnesota Vikings. And Kirk Cousins, who likes to line up under his his right guard. In, in the most crucial point of the game, he lines up. At right guard. You got to love it. Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen. But the 49ers, man, they, they are on a winning streak. Four to the last five. They've only lost to divisional rival Arizona Cardinals, who are one of the best teams in all of football right now. I love what they're doing. And guess what? It helps when you have a lot of your players not injured. That, that helps, right? But they've established... They're, going back to the fundamentals, they have established the running game, and that's what's really been helpful for this team and their success over the last few years. It hasn't been Jimmy Garoppolo. It hasn't been these receivers. I mean, Debo Samuel's a beast, and he's going to be out for the next couple of weeks, but guess what? When Debo Samuel is on the field, you suddenly have a higher chance to win football games. And when you have that running game, establish that going down the middle with a, an, an improved interior offensive line really good things happen and I think that Rams game on Monday night a few weeks ago really proved that this team does have some defensive fight in them even with the departure of Robert Sala and they're not perfect they're not as talented as they once were back a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl but overall man I think we're starting to see the same San Francisco 49ers that we saw last year that played with this aggression that played with played with this fight and this intensity but they have more players back and they're healthier. Like they don't have everybody in that backfield that they would like. Like Elijah Mitchell shouldn't be their number one back. However, when you have your third running back on the roster be a, a menace and he's going over 100 yards per game, well, guess what? It doesn't matter who's in the backfield because that helps Jimmy Garoppolo set up the play action. It helps get open receivers like Brandon Ayuk, like Debo Samuel, like George Kittle. 
Guys like that can really open up their game when you set up that running game. And no one's been able to stop them in their running attack over these last two months, really. And we saw it earlier part of the season, you know, like that early first month, first month and a half before all these injuries occurred to where no one could stop that running game either. It was just a matter of just finding themselves again. And I think this is the biggest reason why I have them as a winner this week is we really calmed down and Kyle Shanahan has cooled down the talk of him being on the hot seat, him being being not the coach, you know? He's earned him himself another year, at least in my opinion. I felt like last year with all the fight and despite the losses, the way that they played last year, I don't consider Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat whatsoever. And even with the record that shows that he is a below 500 head coach, I'd say that with everything that's been going on, you've had the the trip to the Super Bowl. You, you've had a, a run to possibly win that Super Bowl in that game, you just went against a way better Kansas City Chiefs team, but you hung in there. And there were very good, I guess, keys or pillars that will help you over the next few years to get back to that point. You just play in a very difficult division right now, and yet you're holding up. You're beating these other teams. You're beating the Seahawks. You're beating the Rams. And if you can get a win on the Cardinals, I mean, you've done it before if you're Kyle Shanahan. So this idea that Kyle Shanahan is not the right coach in San Francisco, I I would disagree with Matt, with that man. I, I think that he brings the best possible, you know, fight, the best possible play out of these players. It just sucks when a lot of these guys get injured. George Kittle was on IR for much of that early part of the season. Now Debo's out. Brandon Ayuk, I don't know why they've struggled to get him going or utilize him to the best of his ability, but. Now they're starting to find his stride and he's getting back to that rookie form. And then, of course, the running game, the better offensive line play. The defense is showing you that they can create turnovers and be intense. I think the the 49ers are going to be just fine. We're going to get to that point to where if Jimmy Garoppolo plays like this, they're going to get plenty out of that trade offer or anything in return. Because by then, hopefully, they, they want to believe that Trey Lance is the right guy for the future. I don't believe that he's going to play to the caliber that they expect him to to play at. He's not going to play at a Mac Jones level um, just as far as success goes of getting getting them wins, uh, putting up good stats. I think Trey Lance is far from being prepared to be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. But guess what? I'd say quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, like Trey Lance, could be great trade bait. And maybe at the end of the season... You look again at Aaron Rodgers and say, "Hey Matt, I know we're great, we're great friends, and Aaron doesn't want to stay there. How about you give a How about you give us a a nice nice deal here? I know that's not going to happen because they're in the NFC and they got to play each other at some point. Matt Lafleur is going to do the best thing for him. He's probably going to go to the AFC. But guess what? They have a, a really good relationship. They're great friends. What if What if Aaron says, "Look, I, I know you're great friends with Kyle Shanahan, and I want to go to the 49ers. So make it happen." You'll get Trey Lance. You can get Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Whatever you want to do, Matt. But I want to go to San Francisco, so make it happen. Just saying, Kyle Shanahan could be in a really good spot this time next year with a different quarterback under center. And if he continues to have healthy players on the field, like Debo, like George, I think the 49ers can be a really good threat next year in the NFC West. Moving on to the second winner of the week. Guys, it's me. 
it, it's got to be me, right? And I think we all know the reason why. Two weeks ago, I swallowed my pride and I said, Cam, you deserve a little bit. Oh, 49ers, you deserve a little bit of the bubbly. Okay. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Cam Noon deserved a little bit of the bubbly two weeks ago. He, he's, he's played good in his first couple starts and, you know, against Arizona, that was a huge win for the Carolina Panthers on the road. He makes some big plays. He loses the home return to Carolina, but he did play well. I will say that he did everything he could to win that football game and he just fell short. And that's on the Carolina Panthers as a whole, not Cam Newton. But he tried his best. That cannot be said in his third start in in his return to Carolina. So, me, being the asshole that I am, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say that I want to see Cam Newton fail. I'm just saying that we gotta we gotta get back. To the idea that Cam Newton is just not that good. He's not the same guy he was in 2015. And he can say that he's back all he wants. And he wants to flaunt all of his outfits. And, and talk about um, like that Robbie Anderson clip. You know where, where he, it's like he's going to church or something. But you know people are going to love Cam for his persona. Personality. The play that once was. In 2015, in his early rookie uh, or early NFL career, but the reality is that he is inaccurate. He makes mistakes, and he gets frustrated, and he beats himself up, and he's just not good enough to lead a team to succeed. You know, 2015 was a great year for him, and it was an MVP year. I won't argue that. That man's 2015 was incredible to watch. And he was truly Superman. He was truly the most valuable player in all of football. Just, you know, fame, the play on the field. He was the best thing going for the NFL at that very moment. And it was it was really great to watch. That's not the same anymore. The injuries have piled up. The frustrations of his play and, and all the things that go on outside of, of football where he, he just makes himself look bad. And I thought him going to the Patriots was a really good thing for him to be humble and to just focus on his play. And he did all right. He was okay. But I said that Mac Jones should be the starter over Cam after like the first two or three weeks of the season. And guess what? It took, it didn't take that long for Bill Belichick to realize that Mac Jones was better. And everyone just criticized Bill Belichick. Everyone criticized the NFL saying, why don't they give Cam a chance? Why don't they just give him a starting job? Because him not starting over a rookie quarterback is disrespectful. Patriots are playing some of the best football in all the NFL, and Mac Jones is a part of that. So would you like to have Cam Noon back? Do you want to you eat your words now? Because... Clearly, they made the right choice. And it's nice to have this little farewell tour before he retires or to have this little reunion 
if you're trying to sell tickets in Carolina because your season's going down the drain, especially after this game. But when you're so-called starting quarterback of the future, when you could have gotten guys like Justin Fields, like Mac Jones, you could have moved up to get um, to get Trey Lance if you wanted to, Zach Wilson, I don't care, whatever. Or you could have made a push for another starting quarterback that was already in the league, like Russell Wilson, like Aaron Rodgers, like Deshaun Watson. And you ended up with Sam Darnold, and then you went to Cam Newton. And after watching some of those games where they say, we'd love to have Cam Newton here for the foreseeable future, you would like to see a 5 of 21, 92 yards, 2 interceptions, and a 5.8 passer rating be the future of your quarterback position? Because this is just showing you what Cam Newton actually is. I I get it. You have the, the honeymoon stage of like, wow, he's back and he's scoring all these touchdowns and... You know, he's running it in, getting his first downs, and he's doing the Superman. Cool, that's fine. But the reality is that you're going to have games like this to where he gets benched for P.J. Walker, and he's only been a starter for three games. You might as well just put Sam Darnold back out there. And guess what? You're just in the same boat that you were two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Cam Newton is not the answer. Cam Newton is a Band-Aid, and it's one of those cheap Band-Aids that won't really hold up for a, uh, only a day or two. This is not the future for Carolina. This is a washed-up quarterback that was given a third chance in the NFL after leaving Carolina. He went to New England. After New England, he went back to Carolina. And, and again, he's okay to mediocre. Ladies and gentlemen, it probably makes me feel better, but I deserve a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Biggest, biggest, biggest winner of the week 12 or, or, or of the, wow, of NFL week 12. We just, we just said their name. The biggest winner of the week sponsored by Anchor.fm and since we're talking about Anchor.fm, our sponsor, go to Anchor.fm slash Bubbleettes to become a paid member of the Bubble Let Sports Podcast. Be, become a paid member of the Bubba Bunch. I know you do this all for free, and I, I love you for that. But for as low as a dollar a month, a McChicken, a large drink at McDonald's, you could support me for as low as a dollar a month, as high as $10 a month. I, I'm not doing OnlyFans, ladies and gentlemen. I know I know some of you want it, but I, I just can't do it. You know, I feel like I'd break the internet. So the only thing that I could really do is do anchor.fm slash bubbleletts to where you can become that paid member for $10, $5, a dollar, whatever. So go check that out. Link will be in the description down below. Biggest winner of the week sponsored by anchor.fm is the New England Patriots and I know I know I know I've had them as winners before not as the biggest winners but they have been winners before I'm telling you man something about watching this New England Patriots team right now it it's art it's a masterpiece it's just it's like watching Picasso paint it's it's like really the only thing I can reminisce of that that really gives me the same feeling about watching a football team or just a, a sports team in general, just watching them play and see how 
just well coached and how prepared they are week in and week out. It gives me that feeling of the Golden State Warriors from a few years ago. I know they're red hot right now, but think about that like 2015, 2016, like the, the best regular season record, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green. These guys are just so fluid with their passes. The Just everything's flowing and it's just so in sync and it just feels perfect. It, it feels like it's just dancing. Just you're doing like a ballet and it's just per oh it's just music to my ears, right? I'm getting the same feeling out of this New England Patriots team. The the way the they're playing offensively, defensively, the way that they're coached, everything about this Patriots team is screaming a Super Bowl run. And they beat one of the best teams in the AFC. 36 to 13 win over the eight and three Titans at that moment. And at no point in this game did I ever feel like Titans were the better team. When, when we've said that the Titans have become the front runner in the AFC, not anymore. And they're doing this with a rookie quarterback that has finally just been able to show off and showcase his throwing ability down the field. Go back to some of those early winners and losers uh, episodes and then go back to uh, like talking about like the Cowboys versus Patriots game. And I said, look, this Patriots team is pretty good, and their defense is going to get them far. They're going to win a lot of football games with their, their defense, and it, it's proven true. But I said that once Mac Jones finds his way in this system, in this offense, to where he can just let it rip down the field, I'm telling you, man, there's going to be some success going on in New England for a very long time. I said Mac Jones could only work in New England. He fits the mold of a New England Patriots quarterback so well, and it's proven dividends this past month or two. Mac Jones, 23 of 32, 310 yards, two touchdowns over the Tennessee Titans, just letting it rip with Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, with his uh, with his running backs, even without James White, Damian Harris and Stevenson are doing great things. Tight ends, they found their groove with Hunter Henry, finding him in the end zone plenty of times. In these last few months and John U. Smith against his former team they got him involved early Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels have found something with this offense and it's really really nice to watch they're having fun they're they're finding confidence this swagger that you just love to see out of any team and I, I know it's the Patriots we finally got to a point where we can breathe and say the Patriots aren't Super Bowl contenders anymore you know, we're finally past the dynasty. I don't think we were ever past the dynasty. I think they just took a little bit of a break. They took a little vacation. But with all this praise about the offense and this coaching staff, it all goes back to that defense, man. Four turnovers on the day for this defense. It's it's truly amazing to watch this defense play. I want to talk about two specific plays and go back and watch this game. And I know that you're going to see it once I describe it. But McCourty, back-to-back plays in the red zone later in this game, he made two terrific plays where one is at the goal line, they run it to the left, and McCourty fills the gap, fills the hole, and just attacks to the running back and stops him for a loss. If he's not there, that's a touchdown. Next play, he tips the ball. Ryan Tannehill is getting pressured, rolls out to the right. He throws in the end zone, gets tipped by McCourty, puts it up, intercepted for like the third or fourth turnover of the game. 
big plays being made by guys like McCordy, guys like Kyle Duggar, guys like Matthew Judon, who is clearly the best signing from this past offseason by far. This man is putting in work with like a dozen sacks this year, leads the league, and it's it's truly amazing to watch Matthew Judon play. I, I expected him to do really well in New England because they needed that pass rusher to come alive. They needed someone to get to the quarterback, and they found their guy. The best signing out of not only New England, but of the entire NFL this past offseason. Matthew Judon is doing really great things. You get Kyle, Vine, uh, Kyle Van Noy back from the Miami Dolphins, and guess what? He's playing better than ever. Almost had an interception this game, but a lot of deflections, a lot of great plays out of him. This secondary is one of the best in the NFL for me. And I just love this defense. They create turnovers. Think about it. The Tennessee Titans actually had a good amount of success running the football in this game. They give up some chunk yardage, uh, chunk yardage plays on the run, but this New England Patriots team finds a way to make a play even despite those mistakes. Think about it. Like we had that big run to the left by Freeman and uh, it looked like he was going to be gone and boom, fumble on the play. The, the Patriots recover, and it's a whole different ballgame. That momentum switches so heavily in the Patriots' favor. By the way, I, I need a ringtone. I need a... I need a playback of the Randy Bullock doinks on his field goal attempts or the extra point and the field goal attempt. Music to my ears. I mean, I, I was already like... Oh my God, I was going to go like really rated R with that. But, you know, I was just salivating and just enjoying the art that was the, the Patriots play. But the satisfaction of hearing both of those doinks by Randy Bullock. I think I had an out of body experience when I heard both of them because the announcers stayed quiet. They, they stayed quiet at the perfect moment, and the Gillette Stadium was quiet as well. I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands of fans. And on CBS, it was just quiet for two seconds, and you hear the doink. I felt myself leave my body and enter into a state that I can only call nirvana. Because nothing sounds better than a doink on a field goal attempt. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Last thing I'll talk about when it comes to the Patriots. I think a lot of the success has to do with their offensive line. A lot of injuries, banged up, a lot of movement on that offensive line earlier in the season, and now they feel settled in. And great protection for Mac Jones. He's allowed to throw at any point in a play. They give him plenty of time. He's comfortable in the pocket. This is, I'm telling you, man, the Patriots are dangerous. They are scary right now. We, It's so hard not to mention and compare what Tom Brady did in his rookie season to what Mac Jones is doing right now. Some of the stats are going in Mac Jones' favor, but they are very, very close to what Tom Brady was doing in his rookie season. This team can do something in the playoffs. If you have a great defense in the playoffs, that's hard to find nowadays. And I think the Patriots are doing it. And I'm sorry, but if the Cowboys don't make a good run, I'm cheering for the Patriots this season. I've, I've kind of fallen in love 
with uh, New England and what they're doing right now. It's the same thing that happened with Golden State. I became like a bandwagon fan. I'm becoming a bandwagon fan for the Patriots. New England Patriots, you deserve a little bit of the bubbly. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Now let's get into the winners. And this is where I'm just going in on these teams. I've, I've probably said a lot of these things before, including this first loser. But it's emphasized even more now. The first loser of the week is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. 17 to 15 loss to Washington on Monday Night Football, which gets them to three and eight of the uh, for the season. I've I've said it, I've said it for years, man. That I just I think it's just time to just not consider the Seahawks a contender. As many times as they go to the playoffs, as many times as they have a really good regular season record and they're beating all these different teams, they look really good going into the playoffs. And of course, they have Russell Wilson and all these weapons. Cool. By all means, live in the period to where they had Legion of Boom and they were making the playoffs and becoming Super Bowl contenders. Cool. That's fine. If you want to live in those years, by all means, you can stay there and you can keep Cam there as well. But ever since, was that? I think around the, the time that like everybody in the Legion of Boom left, like Richard Sherman, uh, Eric uh, Earl Thomas, excuse me, it, it just, it was very different. And as much as we appreciate the play of Russell Wilson, that can't be enough. You have to have a better offensive line, which you still haven't figured out other than Dwayne Brown. Other than him, you do not have a steady offensive line. Russell Wilson is better than this team. He deserves better than this team. They can't stay healthy on the running back position. You know, we we adore Chris Carson, can't stay on the field. We adore DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and whatever tight end is playing at that point because Russell Wilson makes it work. But you can't have one of the worst defenses in all of football these past three years and expect to win anything. I get it. You're young defensively. And you're moving on from the dominating period that was the Legion of Boom. But I think enough time has passed to where you've had the opportunity to do something with it. But your secondary is not up to par. And it hasn't been up to par for years. Even adding Jamal Adams. He's getting criticism left and right for not making the big plays he once did in New York. And they gave up so much for him. It's, it's like a meme at this point. It's a running joke in the NFL that they gave up so much for Jamal Adams and he has as many interceptions in his career as uh, Vince Wolfork had. You know, like that's what I saw this past weekend. There has to be a level of, I guess, pressure to Pete Carroll. But I feel like it's just time. It's time to move on. You know, this rah-rah, let's get them, boys. You know, I'm going to be a player's coach, the gum, the, 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 the dad shoes, the, the, like him staying upbeat for being like almost like seven years old or probably more than that. It's all cool. It's all fun and games. But when you're three and eight, it's time to face reality again, like it is for Cam and say, it, like Russ is everything to this organization, but we just have to start all over. And we can get so much for Russell Wilson. We still have him and we still could value him as a trade offer.
But if he wants to leave and his contract is up or he has an opt-out, what are we going to get out of that? We're not going to get anything out of it. So as much as they want to downplay what was last year and saying like, oh, well, we, we didn't we didn't want to trade him or I never wanted to leave Seattle. Come on, man. Like, there's got to be some truth to that. I know you're a great guy. I know that you're very, you know, humble and you're very appreciative of your time in Seattle and what they've done for you. Taking that chance out of Wisconsin, being a smaller quarterback. They've done a lot of things great in your life. And they've given you a Super Bowl. They, they've given you deep runs into the playoffs earlier in your career. But you can do so much better than Seattle right now. You, you can't keep getting hit. You can't keep getting hurt. You deserve a better offensive line than Seattle. You deserve a better defense than you have in Seattle. And you love Pete Carroll. I get that. But sometimes love is you got to let go. Sometimes it's just best to move on. And one day you're going to reminisce and say it was the best thing for both of us. This is the case for the Seattle Seahawks. Either Russ leaves or Pete Carroll leaves. At the end of this year, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of who bites the bullet first. So we'll see what happens. But 3-8 and eight is unacceptable. And it's time to just forget about Seattle being a, a threat in the NFC. Second loser of the week is the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know why I said it like that, but Philadelphia Eagles, 13-7 loss against the New York Giants. You scored seven points against a mediocre defense that's been really disappointing this year. And and I'm not even, like, going to... I'm not going to beat a dead horse, or I'm not going to kick them when they're down, because, really, I'm, I actually appreciate that they've been playing good football over the last few weeks. They've had their close games, and they've won their close games, and they've had some really bad shows, and they just don't look like a sound football team. That's the first year of Nick Sirianni. And Nick Sirianni is trying to be a very aggressive coach in the sense that he's trying to bring, bring some, some confidence to this team and say we're going to regain the respect that we deserve. There's still a lot of talented players on this defense. There's still... Plenty of talent offensively. If they can just stay healthy on that offensive line, that would help too. But, I mean, receivers, running backs, and Jalen Hurts. Look, I've said it before that I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hurts. But once he develops a passing ability, his running attack will only be more threatening and more concerning for these defenses. And over the last few weeks, the running game has really helped this team. They said, we got to go back to what made us successful last year, too, in running the football, no matter who's in the backfield. Like, Jalen Hurts is going to set up a read option, but as long as we have a threat at running back, whether that's Scott, whether that's um, uh, Sanders, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it, you could throw in anybody in that backfield, and it, it worked for the Eagles for many years. And over the last few weeks, you've seen that occur, and it's won them some football games. They... They had an opportunity this past weekend. This is why they're losers. Is they had an opportunity to get another game back on the Cowboys, who are playing pretty bad football right now, are banged up, and this would be a good way to put the pressure on them, put their heels back, and say the Eagles are here to at least make you fight for it. It's not going to be an easy divisional uh, title win. You got to deal with us. That Monday night game 
is a fluke. And when we play you later in the year, it it better be for for the divisional title because we're winning some football games and you're not. Jalen Hurts is playing really good football. The Cowboys struggle against the read option, which they're going to struggle with against uh, Taysom Hill if he does start for the Saints on Thursday night. But the Cowboys don't do really well with the read option. And Jalen Hurts is not making mistakes. He's running the football, but he's also doing really good in the passing game and doing what he needs to do. But it all goes back to the running game and using that effectively. And your defense has done really well as uh, in addition. You can't put up seven points against one of the worst teams in the NFL. You really can't. The Giants are terrible. Terrible. This was their first week without without an offensive coordinator. Like, they, they just fired their offensive coordinator, and you held them to 13 points, but guess what? Their defensive coordinator is still pretty bad. So how come you only scored seven points against them when you've been scoring, like, 25 at least these past few weeks Jalen Hurts with three picks and a 17.5 passer rating in probably the most important game of your year so far you shit the bet and you shit the bet against a divisional rival that had no business beating you but it was embarrassing and and now it's like Washington seems like the team that could make a run and give the Cowboys a fight because they're playing better football. They still have one of the worst defenses in the league too, but at least their offense is putting together something. The Eagles had an opportunity here and they wasted it. Now, do they does this mean that they're out completely? No. But you have to win these games because it only gets harder as the year goes on and you can't afford to waste games like this. So, Philly, I'm sorry, but you're a loser this week. And finally, as we wrap it up, the last biggest loser of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. A blowout loss, 41-10 to the Cincinnati Bengals. This basically ends their year. It's got to be, right? These past few weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers have been embarrassing. With the tie against Detroit and now the humiliating loss against the Bengals, basically solidifies their their uh, departure from this AFC North run at a title because of how good everybody else is in this division. Um, Well, I say that, but it's the Bengals and the Ravens that are in the running. The Browns, well, they couldn't even beat the Browns either. Um, Oh, actually, no, they they beat the Browns, but they barely beat the Browns. Uh, Who cares? Uh, But uh, speaking of those wins, your wins include Buffalo, who... Is a quality win as of right now. Beat him in week one. And he said, oh, maybe the offensive line isn't so bad after all. The only wins you have after that are the Broncos, the Seahawks, who you beat in overtime barely, and they're 3-8. And, and you beat the Browns, who have every... They're basically the Cleveland IRs. Like, it, that's just how it is. And what else do you have to show for? Every other team that has a winning record... Other than the Bills, you have lost to. And I don't know what this team is. That's the problem with the Steelers right now. I don't know who they are as a football team. What is their identity? What is truly something they do really well? The only thing that comes to mind is TJ Watt. That is the only thing right now that I feel like Pittsburgh, 
they went in. TJ Watt. I love Najee Harris. And I think he's going to be really good in the NFL. But when you have a sorry-ass excuse for an organization that doesn't know what they're doing to improve their offensive line and seems to want a 40-year-old quarterback that's not named Tom Brady, what is there for him to do? Because it just feels like he is fighting for every single yard by himself. And TJ Watt, who's getting these injuries, who's on the COVID list, without him, there is he has a case to win MVP because if we're talking about the most valuable player, right now the, the Steelers are nothing without TJ Watt. This team has nothing going for them in the future. What, what really is something that they, they, they should look forward to over the next few years? TJ Watt? Okay, yeah, you, you extended him. But you still need 10 other guys on that defense and you can't keep them all. You've gotten rid of Bud Dupree already. And he's doing really good outside of Pittsburgh. Offensively, Najee Harris. Maybe Chase Claypool, but I mean, you need a quarterback, most importantly. And that's where I feel like the Steelers are the biggest losers of the week. Because not only don't they have an identity, and Mike Tomlin's never going to leave unless he wants to leave. Because he's done so much for the organization. But for this this team to not only keep Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback this year, but to extend him was the worst decision that you could have ever made. In a time to where these college quarterbacks are flying out. I mean, year after year, you're seeing all these talented quarterbacks come out and they are just dominating the league because they are a hybrid now. These quarterbacks can run. They can throw. They can do so many different things. They have better pocket awareness. They can escape the pocket. They can move the pocket. And they are better on their feet to avoid pressure. And what the Pittsburgh Steelers did was take the worst example and the opposite of what's coming to fruition in this league and what's taking over the league and saying, we're going to keep that. Because he's won a Super Bowls. Yeah, he won you Super Bowls 10 years ago. He he won you Super Bowls like almost two decades ago. Like, it's getting to that point. But you're so infatuated with the fact that Ben Roethlisberger has done so much for your organization that you can't see that this dude can't escape the pocket. He's so immobile. He's so unaware of how to escape pressure. And he's slow. That is the complete opposite of what you should have in the NFL as a quarterback nowadays. And that's the that's the issue that happened with the New York Giants, with Eli Manning, with Phillip Rivers in uh, San Diego, Los Angeles, and in Indianapolis. You just can't have a slow quarterback anymore or an old quarterback. And you say, well, what about Tom Brady? Tom Brady's just different. Tom Brady just makes it work because he is an anomaly in the NFL. Ben Roethlisberger is not. Ben Roethlisberger is washed he is slow, he is old, he's banged up, and he's got a weak arm. We're going to get these games to where he's going to throw for two or three interceptions. Think about the most important games of the Steelers over the last year and a half. 
the Cleveland Browns games a year ago, the one right before the season ended, and also the one in the playoffs, and the Bengals games. You're losing. You're losing the most important games. And guess who's having trouble and struggling every single one of those games? Your slow-ass quarterback. So what you need to do, what you should have done, is, okay, fine, you want to keep Ben Roethlisberger? Well, you have to improve this offensive line dramatically. You have to make this offensive line the best possible uh, group of guys that you can find. But then you somehow get rid of the most important keys and most important uh, parts of that offensive line this past offseason. And you just throw in some other guys and say, hey, we'll make it work. Well, with a new running back and an old quarterback, both of those things are being disastrous. So what you should have done is, yeah, okay, we're going to keep Ben Roethlisberger this year. But what we're really going to do is, is bump up that offensive line. We know that Ben's not the same anymore, which is not the case in the front office right now. They believe that Ben Roethlisberger gives them the best opportunity to win at quarterback, which is not the case. And we're just going to somewhat improve the offensive line. Well, guess what? This is what happens. You're a below average football team with no chance to make the playoffs. And you can't beat anybody of good substance. You're only beating the bad teams and that you're barely beating them. This team just has nothing. This team is just dull. There's nothing going for this Steelers team that I'm excited for for the next five years. You know, T.J. Watt should leave. Same way that J.J. Watt left Houston. T.J. Watt should leave Pittsburgh. He should have left Pittsburgh. He should have seen that it was just all falling apart. Because right now, going into the draft, I don't see a quarterback that really just amazes me from college. And I don't see why quarterbacks that are in the NFL right now that could be on the move next year would want to go to you. I, I think there's better options. There's better opportunities. There's a better offensive line out there. And guess, I don't want Juju to be dancing on the fucking sideline all the time. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with guys that are on TikTok all the time. If I'm a quarterback, I don't want to deal with an offensive line. That's going to get me hit all the time. So Steelers, I, I don't know what you're doing. This is a failure of a year, a failure of an organization for not thinking that Ben Roethlisberger should have retired, but Ben should retire. He should have retired at the, uh, uh, in the preseason. And if he didn't retire, the Steelers should have realized that it's, it's just time to move on. So uh, I, I don't know what they're doing and I don't know what they're going to do going forward, but it's going to be a long process getting back to their dominant form of the Super Bowl years. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Bubble Up Sports Podcast, winners and losers of week 12 in the NFL, episode 258. I hope you enjoyed this. We're going to put out some more content this week, uh, talking about the preview for the Saints and Cowboys game. And boy, is that going to be fun on Thursday night. But um, hopefully, maybe another one of those uh, videos that I put out um, a few weeks ago. Um, I got some ideas. Um, but yeah, just keep track of the YouTube channel. Share with your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your family. If they enjoy sports, I know they're going to enjoy this podcast. And um, yeah, guys, thank you so much for all the support. We'll see you next time on the Bubble Blood Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. No 